The seventh guideline, when they continue to make wrong choices, is following through with a consequence. Often, it'll be highly inconvenient. For example, we're in the park, and our six-year-old is pushing and shoving a friend. We say, if you go on pushing Leanne, we'll have to go home. Then, if she continues, we must go home. If we've just arrived at the park and we've got other children with us, that's really inconvenient. But if we don't go home, our children learn not to take us seriously. Idle threats cheapen our words. Our words become increasingly worthless and ineffective. So, a better warning might be, if you carry on pushing Leanne, you'll have to sit beside me on the bench for five minutes while the others play. There are lots of different consequences that we can use for different situations. We need to work out which will be most effective for our child in that situation. Time out. The time out system of punishment was um, started from when he was at nursery, so maybe about two and a half. And uh, so he knew about that from nursery and we followed that through at home. And um, he's now six and he's still something that he doesn't enjoy but he accepts he'll, you know, take his own chair to the, the, the passageway and we can see him, he can see us and um, he will, it may be timed or it will be just until I feel, okay, I'm ready to talk or he's ready to listen. So I give a warning about behaviour, a threat, but it's got to be one that you can follow through. I remember once driving on holiday you know, down to Cornwall and sort of saying halfway through to shouting at the back, you know, <laughs> if you don't stop that, we're going to turn right home and go home again. But it, I mean, all the time, I don't think that's going to be quite possible. So I think one has to make sure that one's threat is actually manageable. We're noticing that the best kind of consequences are um, when the consequence is dealing with the exact thing. Like, I'll give an example, um, our little boy with his water pistol, he just sometimes can't help shooting people, even though we've said, listen, please, you know, spray your targets in the garden, spray the flowers, but don't shoot your siblings. And then one of them will get shot. And now he knows if that happens, there'll be no talking, no negotiating. That water pistol will just be put on a high up shelf for the whole day. And I mean, if he does it again, I've actually said it might have to go in the dustbin. So he knows I definitely will not overstep this mark because I love this water pistol too much. So. And I love the water pistol as well, so I just keep reminding him, don't do that, because mum will, mum will put it in the dustbin. <laughs> the younger the child, the more immediate the consequence must be. For older children, we can leave a longer time lapse. The most effective sanctions are often the withdrawal of privileges, such as no pocket money that week, or not being allowed to have a friend to stay, or no computer games, or no TV that evening or that weekend. If we use right and wrong choices and consistently follow through with consequences when our children are little, we'll find we don't have to impose consequences so often once they're older. A warning is usually enough. They work it out. They've discovered that life goes better when they make good choices. As our children grow up, it's not about us managing and controlling their behaviour, but increasingly about them learning to manage their own behaviour, to take responsibility for their actions. This includes learning from their mistakes. It's vital we're not constantly rescuing them. Otherwise, they can't learn from the natural consequences of a bad choice they've made. We're teaching our children to take responsibility for their own lives by backing off and letting them have their own lives, um, letting them make decisions and letting them go wrong. 
And that does mean walking in their decision. And we particularly don't cover them at that stage. So, for example, if, if the choice they've made has made them run late, we don't jump in the car and speed them there. Mm. We let them be late, even if it's embarrassing and apologies are going to have to be made. We'd rather they did that so that we save them from the nagging <laughs> and um, they walk in the mistake and, and hopefully learn from the inside character that I want to get that better next time, not, oh, well, I better because, you know, mum will have a bit of a go at me. And it's made a phenomenal difference to just things like, you know, the way they all get out in the morning. Nobody needs nagging. Nobody needs to be told what to do because it's not my school day. It's not my problem. It's theirs. Well, our question for you to look at today. A few days ago, we asked about a difficult disciplinary situation for your family. What principles from these sessions are you going to find most helpful for your situation? Have a good discussion. We'll see you tomorrow.